You're listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. Hey, everybody. This is Claire Stanley, the Advocacy and Outreach Specialist here at the American Council of the Blind. Welcome to another episode of ACB Advocacy Update. Um, And I'm joined by... Clark Rockfall, Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs for ACB. Just want to thank everyone again for joining us via their favorite podcast player. And thank you to everyone tuning in over ACB Radio. Great. Um, I'll go over our usuals, but we'll talk about them at the end as always. But we just always want you guys to know that if you have any issues concerning advocacy, you can always reach out to us at advocacy at acb.org. That's advocacy at acb.org. We love to hear about what's going on. If you have any questions or concerns or need us to, need us to assist you in anything, so feel free to reach out. And if you're not a member and you want to know more about ACB, we'd love you to join, find out more about us, and you can check us out at acb.org. You can find out lots about us on our website. Um, So with that, we're just going to go ahead and jump in. We're really excited to have a guest today from Volkswagen. Um, So Shawnee is joining us to talk more about their inclusion uh, program they're starting. So Shawnee, um, without further ado, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us more about the project that you're working on? Absolutely. Uh, First wanted to say uh, thanks Claire and Clark for having me on the podcast. Very happy to be here. Uh, My name is Shawnee Giant. I'm a principal UX designer leading the Inclusive Mobility Initiative here at Volkswagen Group of America. I'm Uh, sorry, can you say your title one more time because that sounded really cool. Oh, principal UX designer? That just sounds so cool. (laughs) Yeah, I mean people come up with the silliest of names in these companies. (laughs) And what does UX stand for, Shawnee? it stands for user experience. Ah. Yeah. So there's, you know, some people that are actually doing more of like graphic design or user interface design, which these days is not just visual, um, but also audio. Um, but user experience is really looking a little bit more at the holistic end-to-end experience of a product or a service. Nice. Sorry, I interrupted you. Keep oh, going. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, I was just going to say our group uh, is based here in Belmont, California, which is really close to San Francisco. So we're a small branch of a much larger company. And um, some people might not know as well, uh, Volkswagen Group actually has a number of car brands associated with it. So it's not just the VWs, but also like Audi, Porsche, a bunch of brands in Europe as well. Um, so just to put that. That's awesome. I- What sort of career path took you to this role with Volkswagen? Sure. Um, I, well, let's see. In undergrad, I did math and computer science. Um, I really liked math a lot, but didn't want to be a math professor. So I thought, oh, I should learn how to use computers. And then um, I did, I went to graduate school. I got my PhD in computer science, specifically in HCI, which is human computer interaction. And there I started working on some projects with the visually impaired community there, um, doing things with tactile graphics. That was my first project. And then moving into actually photography. So looking at how to make um, the cameras on mobile phones, which back then were a lot less smart than they are now, um, to make them actually more usable with a screen reader. So someone could, for example, take pictures of people without actually seeing their faces. 
That's great. We use, I say we loosely, meaning myself and the greater blind community use those kinds of things all the time. So that's great. Yeah. And uh, sorry, Sonny, oh, how, yeah. <laughs> how does that work? Because um, a translator correlate to what you're doing now with Volkswagen and you know, working to enhance the user experience. Right. Well, I can't say it's been the most linear path, but um, I, I always wanted to work in this sort of space. And, and frankly, after I was out of grad school, I think that was in 2011 or so, uh, 2012, um, I was finding it hard to find positions where I could actually be really innovative in this space. There was lots of smaller assistive technology companies, but I think the large companies, you know, Apple was really good, but um, I think the larger companies took a little bit while to actually get some of inclusive design into their DNA, and that's still happening right now. So um, I ended up working at Nokia for a while, uh, mm -hmm. and then uh, worked at Intel for about four and a half years, working on a lot of multimodal interaction uh, type of things with cameras. So it was kind of a similar thread with cameras there. Um, worked on one project there with some um, technology using a camera and and vibration to um, mm -hmm. feel obstacles and points of interest in in one's uh, environment. Um, but that was kind of a small project there and I really wanted to work somewhere where I could spend all of my time working on these types of projects. So just had a someone that worked at Intel worked at this job and hit me up and that was that. So that was about one and a half, almost two years ago. That's great. Yeah. Wow. So the work that you're doing now with Volkswagen on um, user experience and inclusive design, mm -hmm. uh, how are you growing that program and how does that relate to, I guess, car design as a whole at Volkswagen? Right. So I think that, you know, I'm stepping back a little bit. The reason why it's a really great time to redesign vehicles is because we're seeing, you know, a lot of electric vehicles coming out, which really changes the car platform itself. So now that you're going to take out the, the normal engines and you have these batteries in there, right? So you um, actually have to change things like with where the floor is located, change the shape of the cars. And as we're looking at self-driving vehicles, maybe taking away steering wheels, you have more abilities to change the inside of the vehicle, what that looks like. So it's a really great time to kind of redesign um, vehicles and transportation, um, both like ownership vehicles, but also vehicles that might be used in some sort of ride hailing fleet in the future. And it just seems like a really good time to say, okay, like what, what is still going right and what has been going wrong? Like what people have we not included in these solutions in the past? And just making sure we're talking to everyone, getting them involved in various disability commu communities to see like what the needs are and how we can actually work together to make sure those needs are met. Um, these cars, it's a very long ongoing process. A new car can take five to seven years to make. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, I mean, you really need to, you know, now is actually really the right time to start feeding in those requirements. So our team itself, like we don't build the cars. We actually don't even do the, like the design of the vehicles, but what we're doing is working with these different communities, figuring out what is needed, potentially doing some co-design and prototyping, and then feeding those requirements to various teams in Germany that'll actually be building and designing the cars. So, um, the other thing I'd like to note on that too is that <clears throat> in terms of this five to seven year process, uh, it is important to first actually make sure all the hardware, like the physical vehicle, 
is actually those requirements are in place first. So the size of the vehicle, you know, the door openings, the height of the vehicle, because those are the things that are hardest to change later. Mm-hmm. But for example, things with a human machine interface, the software that's used within the vehicle, that's stuff that we have quite a lot more time to work with. Now, um, Shauna, you used the word co-design when you said that you guys aren't necessarily the ones who design things, but you co-design. That sounds really fascinating to me. What exactly does that mean and how does that work? So um, I won't say that yet we've done it. That's kind of our aim. I think we've okay. still a lot of like needs finding um, just gotcha. to be frank about it. But I think, you know, as we're coming up with some needs and um, some solutions start coming up, um, for example, we're doing a lot of work at looking at wheelchair securement, for example, or you know, for people that are visually impaired or blind, how do you find the door of the vehicle, yeah. for example. Um, these are things that I think, you know, instead of this method of saying, okay, we as the quote unquote designers build something and then just test it out with people. It's really about including people from the beginning, having brainstorming sessions together, um, actually having people with disabilities as the co-creators of some of these solutions. Um, Yeah. And I think, you know, it's still, I've seen this happening more and more, which I'm really happy about, but I think it's still, you know, a little unclear as to like what the, those lines between, um, kind of participant and designer are, and I've seen mm-hmm. that starts to get more blurry, but I think we just want to really make sure we're not doing things just for people, but actually listening to people, right? So, yeah. So, Shawnee, I got to hear you speak the other week at the M Enabling Summit. Um, it's a conference focusing on consumers with disabilities and accessible technology, and you were on a panel about autonomous vehicles. Um, so a couple things here. What other outreach are is your team and Volkswagen doing to the disability community? Um, and let's start there. Sure. So do you mean um, in terms of other conferences or just which groups we're working with? Well, in terms of other conferences, what other uh, disability groups or organizations and the types of formats? Um, I believe we talked before that you guys have conducted a couple uh, working groups with other disability groups to gain insights to their perspectives. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I can talk about um, all of the above. Um, We have done some um, two workshops in Washington, DC with a number of stakeholders, including people in government policies, standards, organizations. Those efforts were mainly around, um, making sure we have wheelchair accessible vehicles being built um, as we get um, accessible vehicles on the road in the next number of years. And also that issue of wheelchair securement, as I was mentioning before, um, because usually when someone, say someone's um, going in their own vehicle or perhaps someone in a wheelchair is going on the bus, there's another person that often um, buckles them into the vehicle. And if there's no driver, what does that look like? That requires a lot of standardization um, because wheelchairs are come in all shapes and forms, mm-hmm. and it's really necessary then to get all these stakeholders, like the wheelchair manufacturers, um, standards bodies, car manufacturers, everyone on the same page. So it's a long process. This is just one example of something that is really closely tied to policy as well. Um, so we've had a few workshops in DC. Uh, we'll continue to be doing that. Um, also the Auto Alliance, um, It's a group of car companies. They have some meetings this year around AVs and accessibility. 
So um, we've been involved in those as well, and we're really hoping to spread this message of um, wheelchair securement to the other car OEMs there. And um, as I mentioned, you know, we're a lot of focus initially on wheelchair users because these physical vehicle requirements are needed so early. But we're hoping that that will be a good example that will kind of keep people talking and, you know, talking about all the other needs um, from different communities as well. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to attend one of the Auto Alliance meetings um, just a few months ago, and we really had some great open conversation about what the needs are. Um, they had it for all different spectrums of disability. I participated in the, the conversation for people who are blind or visually impaired, but I think it's great that these companies are coming together and just listening and having open conversations about the different concerns and ideas and thoughts and that kind of thing. So there's some great conversation going on. Absolutely, and we do hope that the, the conversation moves to um, kind of tangible outcomes by like the third, the third meeting, mm -hmm. because I think, um, like I said, there's kind of, if we want this like first wave of accessible vehicle, of um, autonomous vehicles to actually be accessible, like it, we kind of have to get moving on it. So, um, and I think that, you know, what I've seen, I don't know if you'd agree or disagree, is that a lot of us actually know, I think we have a pretty good idea of what needs to be solved. It's really about getting everyone on the same page and like making it be actually that's something that's needed in the market. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's the that's the bigger issue, um, actually convincing companies that that this is something that has to be done. I think yeah. all of the all of the problems that I've seen are all really solvable. I think so. And this is autonomous vehicles, um, a legislative imperative for ACB and our membership here in 2019, uh, with specific regard to the the AV Start Act, which would lower barriers in states to getting autonomous vehicles on the road, as well as removing barriers to allowing people with disabilities, specifically people who are blind, from owning and operating AVs. Does Volkswagen have a position on the AV Start Act? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the group believes that Congress missed an opportunity to begin a safety-based path to the full spectrum of benefits that AV tech can provide to Americans. Um, these new options that you know, in AV vehicles would really carry enormous potential to decrease road congestion, vehicle emissions, and improve land use. Um, so yeah, we totally believe that this is something important. Um, awesome. Yeah. Great. Well, we look forward to working with you in this Congress uh, with the reintroduction of the AV Start Act. Absolutely. I did want to mention one other thing um, about you had mentioned what other or asked what other groups that we're doing work with. Um, we also have been doing work closely with um, the National Association of the Deaf, um, the National Federation of the Blind, uh, DREDA, the Disability Rights and Education Defense Fund, and also the We Will Ride Coalition. We did a lot of work together with those, um, those roundtables in, um, in Washington, D.C., so I just wanted to call them out. <laughs> great, great. Yeah, and I just want to go back really quick to a point that you made about uh, a new car, new vehicle design taking five to seven years. And, you know, on the, on the surface, everyone's like, oh my gosh, you know, how could it take so long? You know, for example, the Pedestrian Safety Act, which would require electric vehicles below 19 miles an hour to emit a sound that was passed in 2010. Why aren't they here yet? You know, <laughs> regulations are going into effect 
um, this year. But I think that really helps provide um, you know, just good insight to why sometimes it, it takes a while for regulations like this to go into, into place and into effect and out in the real world. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's two things, right? It's like, you know, everyone's working on making sure that AV technology itself is safe enough to be on the road. So that's one whole thing that's taking time. And then the other one is just regardless, once you figure out what you want to build, even if it was, you know, not a very innovative new type of car, it would still take many years to, to get that on the road. There's just, you know, with car companies, there's so many processes and steps and safety measures and crash safety and just all these these things you never really think about too much. So it just takes a long time. But I think that it's actually right now, I'm excited about that because even though I know people are really want this stuff to be out there, um, we have the time still to do it the right way, I think. So we should take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, when do I get my autonomous vehicle? <laughs> Um, you know, you'll be, you'll be the first on my list, but uh, oh, you know, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Good answer. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> if I gave any dates on these things, uh, people from communications will kill me. So <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Also, to be clear on the years too, not saying that VW is coming out with a car in seven years, right? We're just saying that it takes five to seven years to make something new. We're starting. So, you know, gotcha. And since the, uh, the electric vehicles are gonna have to start making sounds, Shawnee, can mm -hmm. you uh, demo for us the sound that Volkswagen vehicles will make? <laughs> Hilarious. Netson sound or a Star Wars type sound. <laughs> I, I, I wish I had something interesting for you. But um, you know, we're open to ideas. We like to work with our community, so if you have any really great ideas. It should be like um, when you get a pick your own ringtone, you should be able to pick your own car sound. So like you could sing a song or, you know, you should be able to pick your own sound. It's going to be a crazy world if that happens, but I wouldn't be surprised. It's just going to be like everyone with their cell phones, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just like, yeah. I still hear a phantom cell phone ring sometimes. <laughs> Great. Well, sure. I, oh, I was going to say, I mean, are, are, I'm curious about how the two of you feel about self-driving cars. Like, are, are you, I mean, it seems clear that you're excited about it, but um, do you have any fears or are you just like really excited for this to come out? I'm, I'm really excited. Of course, you know, there's always that apprehension when you have something that's brand new that hasn't been used by many people. Um, you know, you want to make sure all the bugs are worked out and there's no, no, potential negative negative implications, but I'm really excited just the idea of being able to get from point A to point B independently. You know, there are things like Uber and Lyft now that I use consistently, um, but I still have to depend on another person. So the idea of not having to, to depend on any other human being is a really exciting idea. Um, so I'm really, really excited. And I know um, one thing you mentioned briefly at the beginning um, that we haven't talked too much about um, but the idea of HMI, that the, the interface with the vehicles will be accessible for people who are blind or visually impaired, something that's talked a lot about in our community, that's really exciting. So just the idea that I can interact with the car itself and hopefully, knock on wood, um, companies like yours have been talking about making sure that's accessible. So Absolutely. You know, now, 
if I go up to a new piece of technology, a lot of times, unfortunately, it's not accessible. But so many companies um, have been talking about, no, we're going to make those accessible so I can go in and do, do, do. That's my sounds. Um, plug into the GPS where I want to go and it'll be accessible. Or I want to turn up the air conditioning. Ooh, it's accessible. So being independent. Absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, one of the terms that I heard at M Enabling was um, people that are becoming like accessibility natives now, not uh, similar mm -hmm. to like, digital native. It's just like people are expecting these things. And I think definitely it's starting now. And even, you know, in a few years from now, it's going to be weird if stuff doesn't have that. I, I really think that we're going in that direction. So that's exciting. Yeah. I'm really excited that companies like Volkswagen are going beyond designing for accessibility and just going to designing for just an inclusive user experience. So anything that you design that makes the human machine interface easier for somebody who's blind or visually impaired to use, or designing a vehicle that's uh, easier to locate and can park for entrance and egress more, more accessibly, that's going to benefit all users. Absolutely. Yep. That idea of universal design. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we think that, you know, it really sparks like innovation and ends up being helpful for so many people in different situations. So um, definitely agree with that philosophy. Um, did want to give one little last plug. We have a website, inclusivemobility.com, and we um, post blog posts there sometimes with some of the work we've been doing if anyone's interested. Um, also, not currently hiring, but hopefully either later this year, or early next year. And also sometimes we have internships. So I just wanted to um, let people know that if they're interested in learning more, they could just, uh, there's a contact form on the website. Oh, that's great to know. Thank you. Right. And can you give that website address one more time, please? Sure. That's inclusivemobility.com. Nice. Great. And we'll include that in the podcast notes. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, fun. thank you so much. We uh, we really enjoyed this, and I, I know I personally learned a lot, so thank you. Of course. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much, Shawnee. And again, thank you to everyone for tuning in to the podcast. As always, if you'd like to learn more about ACB, visit our website, including learning about membership, and that's acb.org. Claire, you want to take us out? Um, wow, that's such a buildup. I feel like I should do something amazing. Um, but as we always say to our listeners, keep advocating.